Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Bonnet. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. I love that. Oh, Elizabeth, I have an announcement for you. Hear ye, hear ye. Give it to me, Marjorie. What do you have? I've given up coffee. Oh, my gosh. I'm off coffee, too. What the hell? I know. We didn't even talk about this. I'm You're off a, coffee? I'm on a cleanse with my acupuncturist right mm-hmm. now, and um, I've, I've been having some tummy troubles. Listen, it might be TMI, but we're among friends. <laughs> yeah, go and for so it. I needed to do like a little bit of a digestive reset, and so I'm doing this acupuncture cleanse with her, which her name is Senia, by the way. We need to have her on our podcast. She's fabulous. Love that. Love that. I love her. And um, she's a big fan of Best to the Nest. So hi, Senya. And I have been off coffee now for, oh my gosh, a week and a half. How's it feeling? It feels good. It felt like a little rocky the first couple days. Like I felt a little hazy in the mornings. Right. But now I feel really good. How about you? Uh, well, I'm off coffee, but I'm not off caffeine. Oh, I'm weird. just I'm just mainlining. <laughs> I'm taking caffeine pills now. Oh my God. Marjorie. <laughs> So if I'm talking really fast, I'm only two days in and it's awesome. I told you I'm on an acupuncture cleanse and you told me you're taking caffeine yes, pills. It's fantastic. What are you, Jesse Spano and Saved by the Bell? It's so good. What is happening here? It's so good. The first day, I, I called my son. He's like, Mom, what is up with you? I'm like, caffeine pill. It's so amazing. He's like, I know. It's so good, isn't it? I've never taken but a caffeine pill. It's really good. It's really good if you like to speed along in life. Wow. Um, and so, but what was funny, and this is where you'll be proud of me, Elizabeth. So I decided to, to just not do caffeine because it was actually my dental hygienist said, you need to stop with the caffeine because it's, it's, it's too much coffee, it's bad for your teeth, all that. So I'm like, fine. So I go home from my dental appointment and I know there's a bottle of caffeine pills upstairs. What? So... <laughs> So I go upstairs. I take two out of the bottle. I've never done this before. I've never tried caffeine pills before. I take two out of the bottle. And then I was like, okay, Marjorie, don't be your impulsive self. Just try one. You've never done this before. Just do one. Don't do two. I would have said oh, take a half a pill. Oh, my God. Am I glad I didn't do two? So... <laughs> But it's working, and it's going to get us to this podcast. So this morning, I got here 15 minutes early because I didn't have to stop for coffee. So I'm getting time back into my life, Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And listen, sister, that's what I need, time back. Okay, you overextended this week again. I had another hustle week. I know, and I was thinking, I think I did this about a month ago, too. I just committed to a lot of stuff. I realized, I think yesterday, I did six hours of radio, an hour and a half of TV, drove two hours, and did a (laughs) two-hour speaking gig. On stage. With no caffeine. 
with no caffeine. Okay, you are not really my hero because I could never do that. Yeah, you know, I could say you're my hero, but I can't because I couldn't have done that without caffeine. I was joking with the people I was speaking with last night that I uh, is gonna I'm gonna be sick of the sound of my own voice yeah. by the end of this week because it's yeah. just one of those weeks where I've been filling in on our old radio show time slot nine to oh. noon on my talk one zero seven one. So I do at least I set some boundaries there. Like so, Steve, my TCL co-host, he's now the co-host right. of that nine to noon show, and he's on vacation. So they asked me to fill in, and I said, sure, but I do set some limits where I only do three days instead of five, five. the whole week, because five well, is like Look at you. So look at you setting a boundary. But then I also added in some extra dirt alerts. I had a, oh I had a speaking thing planned. And oh, then, my God. Um, it's been a, a busy week. But, you know, hey, I think the key with the busy is if you can just have it going for a finite amount of time. It's right. okay. If this becomes like, I know this cannot be a consistent deal for it, me. It can't become your new normal. No. But I, I will say, you know, on the caffeine, no caffeine thing, on our busy schedules, I did notice on this podcast, because I went back and I listened to them sometimes, yeah. you and I talk really fast. <laughs> I think we actually stick two podcasts in every podcast. So that could be a little slogan for us. Because we're, to- <laughs> we're talking so fast. It's just who we are. And thank God you're able to handle so much because in addition to everything else you do in your life, six hours of radio, 35 hours of TV, whatever it is, you have chickens in your house. And that was the point that we wanted to talk about on this week's podcast. What chickens bring to your life? We kind of wanted to literally talk about having a nest in your nest, like an actual nest, right? So, Because the chickens kind of blow my mind. I got to tell you that because I remember when you got your first chick. I know. I've got chickens uh, over five years ago. I've had them now for um, over five years, and this is our second house with chickens. They are very fun. It's anything, I think, for me. I mean, I am tightly scheduled during the day. Yeah, we, we get that. Yeah, it's, a, it's tight. <laughs> I mean, I said to you today, I said, okay, I'm doing great. I just have to walk out the door by 1018. And you started mm-hmm. laughing because that is how I manage my days. I mean, I am tight to the minute. Right, right. And that's okay for during the day and at work. And I like to be as efficient as I possibly can with my working hours. <laughs> But then at home, it's like I, the more things that I can have that just bring me to the moment and right. bring me to a very pr- uh, present, calm place, the happier I am. So the chickens have been a joy, and I love them. We have three in our backyard right now. We have a backyard coop, and uh, they live outside all year round. They do great. Their coop is beautifully built by my husband. He built it? He built this coop, Marjorie. Okay, you two are amazing. Well, listen, it didn't come easy. I mean, there was a lot of swearing that happened when I was coop. I got to build this coop and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was the whole thing. So, it wasn't you know, this joyous, set-to-music kind of moment when he was building I, Yes, lest I make you think that the Reese Reimer's nest is always peaceful and harmonious, I will give you the real truth, which is, tis not, my friend. Right. So Um, swearing. So there's some swearing. There's some swearing going on, but the coop finally made it and is installed and ready to go, and um, and they they lay eggs. That's the reason why we have chickens. Now, I just But there are eggs at the store, Elizabeth. Yeah, you can get them at the store, but they're not nearly as good as my eggs. Okay, tell me why. Here's the difference between backyard eggs and grocery store eggs. Yeah. If you get yourself a container of strawberries in the middle of January in a Minnesota winter, 
Right. And you go to the store and you're just craving strawberries. So you buy the strawberries and you taste them. You're like, okay, those are strawberries, right? When you go to a pick-your-own strawberry field in the summer and the sun is shining and you pick strawberries right off of the strawberry plant and then you pop them in your mouth, it's a whole different experience, right? Right. Yeah. It's exactly the same with eggs. It's exactly the same. So my backyard eggs are just a strawberry in season right off the plant is more strawberry-y than a strawberry from a plastic package that's been shipped in from California in the middle of winter. This is eggy-y. My eggs are more eggy-y. God, we're smart. Than the eggs that come from the grocery store. We're smart girls. Look at how we talk. I will tell you that the only eggs that I have found that you can get in Whole Foods, I think probably a bunch of co-ops carry them, that compare to backyard eggs, the brand is Vital Farms. Oh, interesting. Vital Farms. So I can find them at my Whole Foods. I'm sure you can find them at yours. Pretty darn good. They're not going to come cheap. I mean, it's six bucks a dozen. Like, we're not screwing around. Right. But that being said, once you, I try to, you know, I have my own chicken, so I don't have to buy that many eggs. But when I do buy eggs, I have to buy That's what you buy. Yeah. So tell me, on a day-to-day basis, because, I mean, part of Best of the Nest is really sort of making our home our haven. And I think all of us find our own way to do that, to bring us into the present, to, to share joy with our own family. And I've known you for so long now. And when you started talking about having chicken, I just, I mean, I just shook my head. I grew up in a high rise. It's like, are you kidding me? Really? You're going to add that into your life? But I have watched it bring you so much joy. And I will say this. I think chickens are beautiful. They are. I just, I love the pictures you post of your chickens. They're, they're just beautiful, but on a day to day basis. So tell, I mean, I know a little bit about this, but tell people what that actually means in terms of day to day. Cause it's a day to day commitment. You can't be like, Oh, I'll feed the chickens on Friday. Yeah. But once you get a setup, it's really pretty easy. You know, I have a good feed tube setup that keeps rodents out. And so I can fill that puppy up and then not have to fill it for a few days. Oh, really? I have a watering system that's really similar. It's like a, um, it's like a bucket that hangs down and then it has little like steel nipples on it and they right. just peck at it. Sort of like like a rabbit kind of a thing would have. Right. Um, so it keeps my water super clean. I used to have to do a lot more day-to-day maintenance when I didn't have the right stuff, you know? Right. It's like so many other things in life, and I think in your home, you can be more efficient if you have the right things. Start from the beginning with the right things. So, Although that you learn. Yeah, I mean, you, you learn, learn and evolve. You learn, and it takes you some time, and you have to sort of figure it out. So I go out there um, generally once a day, and, mm-hmm. you know, we live in Minneapolis. You have to have a permit to have chickens. We are permitted by the city, and we had animal control come out and check out our coop. Oh, really? Which they did at our last coop. Yeah, they were actually just over a few weekends ago because after we moved, we had to get a new permit. Right. And so uh, we got that all settled, and they were really great about it. And the city is very supportive of people having backyard chickens. That's great. um, I just go out and check for eggs every day. My kids love it when they get home or when they're leaving for the day. They love to go out and check for eggs. That, like, is so fun for them and check on the chickens. I go out and I give them um, any kind of, like, you know, if I've got the ends of lettuce or like carrot peelings, all that kind of stuff goes out into the right to the field. chickens. Yep. So they eat all of our waste, everything but chicken, basically. <laughs> yeah. Good. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. That would gross me yeah, out. That's gross. And then we just like hang out with them. I mean, we leave, we keep them in their coop and in their enclosed run, which is big. I mean, they have tons of space, but we do that because there are so many predators. I mean, we live right by the river, so right. we see bald eagles like circling Ooh. our house. All the time. 
Okay, now explain to me, with Bernie and Franklin, your children. Yes. So I can imagine, because there's nothing better when you're little than finding something. For sure. Like there's something really magical about whatever it is about finding something. So them finding eggs every day, that is going to be such an amazing memory for them and such a part of their lives. But there's something that you and I used to talk about. Now, you name your chickens. Mm -hmm. But chickens die. They die. We've gone through a lot. I mean, we So how does that, how do you, like Bernie's old enough to get, okay, because do you still name your chickens? Yeah, we name our chickens. Our chickens' names are Chippy, Daisy, and Emily. So do the kids get to name them? Yep, Bernie names them. Daisy and Chippy were named by our old neighbor girls. Okay. So Bernie asked them to each name a chicken. But yeah, we lost, I mean, we had four from this flock and we've already lost one, Marshmallow. She was fabulous and she, um, she was a white crested black Polish, so she had a plume of white feathers across her head. And she was really joyful. But from the time we got her and she was a tiny chick, I was like, her eyes just don't look that bright. Like, I just knew. Something was up. I knew that it was going to be a tough road with her. And birds are really fragile. And so she um, she passed away. And you have to really just have an understanding that, you know, these are birds. They live outside. They are here to provide us food, and we're here to provide them the best life that they have while they have it. So, Is that how you explain it to Bernie? Yeah, that's how we explain it. And then we talk about, I mean, we, you know, we reference animals going to heaven just like people. Right. We we talk about, like, things that we love and people that we love and beings that we love end up together in heaven. That's what we talk about. So, I mean, that's how we handle it. And she, you know, she's sad if we lose a chicken. But she definitely... I don't want to say she's used to it, but I think she just understands. She understands. But, but even saying used to it is probably a healthy lesson. Yeah. I mean, like that's not a bad thing. That doesn't make your children cold. It just <laughs> makes them they're used to death. But I mean, I think that's probably a good lesson. It's, it's a lesson that most people learn if they grow up on a farm. Yeah. We lost our dog too. You know, my Westie Henry, who I yeah. had since I was 22, um, mm. he passed away two years ago. And so that was one that we really had to talk about with her. And she'll still say, I miss Henry, or that looks like Henry. Um, right. And we talk about how animals don't live as long as people do. And so we have to love them while we have them. And that's what we do. You know, I was talking to my son Campbell last night about just the pets that we've had in our life. And he's 25. And I said, what did that really mean to you? Because in our house growing up, we always had animals. My sister, my older sister had wanted to be a veterinarian. So my parents, whatever she wanted in terms of pets, they would get for her because she just loved animals. So we actually had for a brief time in the middle of Chicago, when we lived in a house, we had hares, which was very odd. We had two hares. I don't even remember why. Um, Very odd. We had a very strange life. And then we had, you know, a, a variety of dogs. But I remember we always had hamsters. Too, whenever they would die, she would dissect them, which always creeped me out wow. quite a bit. She's a, she's a doctor now, so, so it worked well for her. <laughs> so we always had animals, but I was very, de- I really was very detached from them. I don't know what it was about me as a kid, but I did not buy into the whole pet thing. Whereas my husband is very much a dog lover, and so my boys are dog lovers. And I said, what did that bring you? To me, pets brought chaos. Like as a child, that's what they represented to me. They were just chaos because well, it was crazy in our house. I mean, yeah, it was kind of- <laughs> you had hairs in your house. It was crazy. I mean, that's a different story when you have like a dog. I know it was weird, but for my kids, I think for like for most normal children, and I but I thought it was sweet. Campbell was saying that he can remember. For him, it was the experience of sort of the love I give 
the love I get back. Like it was a very wow. easy reciprocal relationship. Like that he said, that's what I remember is how much Diz loved me. Dizzy was, was the first dog that he remembers. It was a little poodle Bichon. And then, you know, now we have a, a, a dog named Jack. And so I think that that's such an interesting thing about what those chickens will bring, what dogs will bring. And I mean, I'm not saying anything terribly profound. We know this about pets, but it was really sweet to talk to a 25 year old man who's like, like, that was my first, I give love and I get really easy love back. Yeah. And I thought that was a really sweet idea. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. the joy so, of pets though. I mean, I think that's why it is nice to have them as part of your nest if you can swing it because there's something about that connection and that companionship and the responsibility is really important and understanding that we have to take care of this being and then also that your animals drive you crazy sometimes i mean hello they drive you nuts like i just found a um scratch in our hardwood floors from our dog gracie and i was like about oh that's just i knew this was inevitable yeah it was just i was gonna say that's just the first elizabeth of course there are going to be scratches on the hardwood floor but we had just got them done in october and then i like see this gouge and i'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh okay speaking of current pets so like i talk about how I was disconnected to the pets growing up. I have fallen in love with my first pet. I mean, I've loved my dogs. I have. But when we moved to Phoenix and then my older son moved to Phoenix, he got a cat named Winston. Oh, I love that name. So all of our animals have been named after British prime ministers. Fabulous. This cat, um, he adopted from the shelter and it was already named Winston. Oh, cute. Isn't that amazing? But here's the thing, Elizabeth. Winston, our beautiful cat, is toilet trained. No. Yep. Saw it on the internet. We did it. <gasps> no, no litter box. So this is the reason. I mean, there are two reasons why I don't love the idea of having a cat. And I grew up with cats. You know the story of Spicy Reese. May he rest in peace. He was the greatest no. cat in the world. Oh my gosh, Spicy was amazing. And then his brother Sugar, who was really neurotic but still delightful. <laughs> Sugar and Sugar and Spice. That's what boy, happens. that boy, that's a house of girls that's right what there. Happens when yeah. you get a house of girls, two kittens, and you're like, you can name them. Um, the thing is, is that the litter box always drives me crazy and i also don't like how the cat always jumps on the counters yeah Those that are, but that you just can't do anything about the counter doesn't bother me i'm telling you though a toilet trained cat it's like having a roommate no way it's not like living with another pet does he flush the toilet he we did not we did not teach him that i'm not sure we could have but all i do is go in and flush the toilet oh <gasps> isn't that amazing look on the look look online it makes total and, sense why you can teach them to go in anything they're, they're so yeah they're so smart and so it's really bizarre and people are shocked when i tell them that you know winston's toilet trained because it does change the whole cat dynamic because i think if there's a litter box it's why i didn't really love the idea of cats either is you kind of have to dedicate some part of your house to a litter box for sure for sure and it's awful yeah and it doesn't smell good and no. it's kind of awful to clean out and this is just like having it's a little bit like having a toddler because every so once in a while every so once in a while there'll be an accident okay but not very often, maybe once every four months. And we're wow. not sure why. We're not sure what, what triggers that. But it's like a kid or living with a very, 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 very elderly person. <laughs> so other than that, it's not too bad. I don't know. The other day I sneezed and peed my pants. So <laughs> then that is God's honest truth. You, and just FYI, you're the first okay. person I've told about that. Elizabeth? Yeah. I had to go to the bathroom and I was on my way to the bathroom and then I sneezed and then I peed. 
I don't know that I can quite recover. That's that. what happened. I mean, it did. I, fortunately, I was wearing okay. pants. It was on a weekend. So I just like changed and called it a day. But that is what happened. And so okay. I'm you didn't tell You didn't tell Jay, did you? No, I haven't told Jay. Okay, Jay don't ever tell. The podcast. Okay, don't ever tell Jay that. <laughs> I don't know why. It just feels wrong. You got to like keep the, the boyfriend-girlfriend mystery there. You just need to know you're wetting your pants. <laughs> it was only that one time. But it has, I mean, <laughs> that was... That was, I think, okay. a unique if circumstance. It, if it happens again, then you need to go get help. I'll go get help. Because oh, you're too young. <laughs> you're too, you're have, way too young for this. I have delivered two babies, though. That's what happens. Oh, folks. good Lord, too. You know how it goes. It's just... No, I don't. Oh, that's okay. why I'm good about C-sections. C-sections. Yes. 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 It's, the, it's the one upside. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, I want to know what your interest is in my next <laughs> obsession, which is a hive of bees. So, I... Wanna, I want a hive of bees next. And I get it. You have told me that before, and I thought that was insane. And then I went to do a story on some beekeepers. Yes, this is here great. here in Phoenix, and it is great. It is amazing. So I got all suited up, um, which was very exciting for me because I'm generally fearful of anything in nature. <laughs> and as I'm getting all suited up to go visit the hive and go visit the queen, the the beekeeper is telling me he's like, you know, you're going to love this. It's kind of like scuba diving. Yeah. He said, where death is right on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you just said the wrong thing right That's there. so funny. Because, you know, these bees are domesticated, kind of, but they're not like Africanized bees, so they're not the really aggressive bees that have made their way across the country. Yeah, they're probably honeybees. They're, they're just nice bees, um, but you can still get stung. And our poor videographer got stung about 10 times because for some reason, like on his glove... Like, if they really want to get at you, they're going to get through. And so he, and, and, and it was funny that, so the, you have to put on the bee suit. It's like, put the whole bee suit on. And, but there's a place where that hood sort of meets the zipper of the jumpsuit that you're wearing. Yeah. And there's like a little flap there. And I looked at him and I said, well, can't they get in here? Cause he'd already told me a horror story about how he had bought a new jumpsuit and there was a little bit of a hole and they're attracted to your breath. And so right away they were making their way into his, into the, into the netting around his head. And he said he had to just start slapping his face because you can't whip, you can't whip the netting off. Oh. So he's trying to kill the bees within the netting on his face. He's telling me all these stories before we go to the hive. I'm like, that's not a good idea. So, Elizabeth, you should have seen me. I, like, duct taped up my feet. I I duct taped up around my neck. I duct taped around my gloves. There was not a bee that was going to get into my bee suit. But here's the cool thing. So we go to the hive and it's magical. And they're buzzing all around you and they are attracted to your breath so they're buzzing about your head a little bit. But they're just going about their business. Mm-hmm. And he opens up the hive and so they all sort of come out and he found a queen first so we could look at the queen and we're looking at the honey and we're looking at the combs and it's it is just nature's amazing. I know it is, amazing. and what they produce is amazing. And so the place that the place where um, this was, the place we were was called H and H Honey, and it was just one little hive, and they have hives all over, sort of kind of urban areas, and they collect the honey. But the kind of honey they collect, so bees make honey that tastes where they are. They're incredible. And so the honey that they produce, and it's right from the hive. And I, to be honest, I don't like the taste of honey until I tasted this honey. Yeah. And it's kind, it's more honey-y, just like you, <laughs> it kind of what you were talking about, but the honey that they produce, raw orange blossom, raw mesquite honey, raw desert blossom honey. 
So it tastes like the area where the bees come from. Mm -hmm. So when you have a beehive in your backyard, it's going to taste like whatever's around you. I know. It's so cool. I think there's something so interesting about bees, too, when it comes to sort of learning lessons from nature and from animals and from other little beings and societies. I mean, there's such there's such comfort in the idea that every bee knows what its job is. And right. it just takes, it, its life's mission is to just complete that job. Exactly. There's, there's sort of like a beautiful simplicity about that. And, you know, I'm not saying that we all need to like be building honeycombs. It's a matter of, though, looking at us all as one tiny part of a bigger system. And we don't need to necessarily overcomplicate everything in life so much by being like, we need to accomplish this and we need to be doing this by this time and our kids need to have this happening and this needs to be going on. It's just, you are one in many and you are just here to just do your job and complete your mission. And if you kind of just like look at it like that, of like, find the thing that you're best at and do it, you will just kind of motor along and have that sort of peaceful, even-handed tranquility that is so joyful. And that it, it, that is said so beautifully because I think that's what I walked away from of spending a day with the bees was just to know and understand the beautiful symbiotic relationship that bees have with the trees and the and the flowers around and how they're essential. Oranges can't be oranges without bees. Lemons can't be lemons without bees. Everything needs to be pollinated. And so it's just this, it really is. They have their mission and it's a beautiful one that quite obviously we depend on as humans. And so that's sort of this, these two beekeepers were so wonderful because it's their passion. It's not their full-time job. I know, I love it's just their It's just their passion and they really want the world to understand how easy it is to have a hive. You can do it in urban locations. Mm-hmm. People shouldn't be afraid, and it really is. And I think for for kids, as long as you're not allergic to bees, <laughs> for kids, it is a. There are so many lessons in beekeeping that you could pass on to your children. So well, it was I, it was wonderful, and it'll be fun to talk more this summer about like growing things and um and gardening and things like that. And just I think there is something if it's your interest. But bringing something that you're growing into your home, having, I don't know, it was a big shift for me. When we, when I turned my house from a place where it was just like where I live and where I'm constantly like bringing things in and throwing trash out right. to a place that I felt like kind of became its own little system where I was able to eat the food out of the garden feed the leftovers to the chickens, eat the eggs, use the waste from the chickens in the garden as compost, have it all sort of like happening on that little plot of land. In my old house, it was 0.13 of an acre. Right, (laughs) right. 0.13 of an acre. I mean, it was just so, it was like a nice little flip of a switch where I felt just happier about my home. And I think some of that can come from just even just growing some herbs, growing like a little basil plant or like having your home be a place that produces something has been really gratifying for me. That produces something and doesn't feel like it's taking from. Right. Always. And that's that's a really beautiful thing. And I just realized I said something that's probably really stupid, but this is because I, I don't live in nature, is beekeeping and children. Yeah. <laughs> As I was envisioning Bernie getting into a bee suit. She might that's be a little probably- young. 
But she'll thank you. You'll respond. You'll figure this out, Elizabeth. Don't listen to me on any of this stuff. Don't ever listen to me. Only listen to Elizabeth. <laughs> all, all I can say are bees are cool, and I survived. I That's all it. I got. That's all I got. They are all so right. cool. That was so fun. Oh, I just love it. I love talking chickens. I love talking bees. I love talking anything that's happening on the outside. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and share it with a friend. If you are super motivated, give us a review at Apple Podcasts from Donner7. She writes, chatting with friends. Absolutely love this podcast. Every episode, I'm either crying, laughing, vigorously nodding my head or yelling, yes, yes, or all of the above. It is so validating to hear these women discuss their lives, including struggles and triumphs. Yes, you're always going to hear that, including, you know, quite a little accident that Elizabeth had. Okay. Whoops a daisy. Whoops a daisy. And please reach out to us. We love hearing from you. You can find both of us on Instagram. So we're at best to the nest or Eliz Reese. That's R I E S or at it's me Marjorie one. And we're also on Twitter and Facebook at best to the nest. We're just loving the feedback, loving the interaction until next time. Until next time. You're late, Elizabeth. I know I got to go.